Hey folks, I'm Chris. Hey, and I'm James. Did you know that the state of Delaware has had only one serial killer since its creation? Did you know that the state of Arizona has one of the best cases of alien abduction on record? Did you also know that famed untouchable Elliot Ness was thwarted by the Cleveland Torso Murderer? What in the world? That sounds absolutely terrifying. Are you ready for a road trip? If so, please join James and I each episode as we discuss all this and more on State of Fear Podcast. Ride shotgun on our dark and wonderful ride down America's byways and highways as we unravel the strange and macabre in your state. State of Fear, where the things that go bump in the night are in your backyard. I'm Tasha Pierce, and this is Sinister Silhouettes. Thanks for joining me this week. And if you haven't already done so, please subscribe to the show on your platform of choice. Also, rate and review Sinister Silhouettes on Apple Podcasts, just like Gina Hustler, Chris from State of Fear Podcast, KT and OT from For Your Reference Podcasts, I'm Greg and Alex Stone 87. Thanks for the five star reviews. And now this month we'll be diving into Sinister Siblings and the live show will be Sinister Saturdays. So join me every Saturday at 1 p.m. on Get Vocal or Facebook Live. Links will be in the show notes. And now on with the show. Cain and Abel. Esau and Jacob. There are several tales, both ancient and modern, which spoke of sibling rivalry that turned deadly. Today's story details how one such situation shocked the family and community to their core. The family at the center of our story lived in Pittsworth, a rural town in Queensland, Australia. They were the Rowlingsons. John and Wendell and their three children, one daughter and two sons. Pittsworth had a very small and close-knit population in 2007. In fact, as far as I can gather, there were only three homicides reported in the entire Darling Downs district where the town is located. This will make what we learn occurred on July 15, 2007 even more unbelievable. The Rowlingson family lived on a farm in Pittsworth. Third-generation farmers were the family, and Robert was the older of the two sons. He was, at this time, about 19 years old. His many friends described him as popular and outgoing. He was an outdoorsman who loved rugby. As it sometimes is, Anthony, the younger son, was 16 years old and was quite the opposite of his brother. He was rather introverted and withdrawn. He and his brother weren't particularly close. Robert had a robust social life, but Anthony was more of a homebody. In fact, he wasn't close to anyone except his favorite teacher and mentor, Graham McNeil. While a lot of alarm bells go off in retrospect, why does this kid spend so much time with this teacher? I can almost understand why the parents 
didn't put an end to this questionable relationship. Their youngest son was lonely and misunderstood by his peers. Mr. McNeil was a trusted educator and showed an interest in Anthony. What could possibly go wrong? It turns out lots. See, the harmless teacher had some pretty radical ideas, and he shared his ideologies with the young boy. Was he recruiting him? Now, Anthony already entertained dark thoughts. It said that he fantasized about hurting people. He had a rather morbid fascination with the Columbine massacre. Now, this led him to making a hit list that included students from his school. He was entertaining killing them all, including his brother's friends. Now, you're probably wondering what kind of evil thoughts Mr. McNeil could have shared with Anthony. I'm glad you asked. Apparently, by day, he was a teacher. But off the clock, he became one of the evilest motherfuckers in the world. Mr. Graham McNeil was a high-ranking member of the Ku Klux Klan, which I had no idea was a thing in Australia. Aside from the Ku Klux Klan in Canada, there have been various attempts to organize KKK chapters outside the United States. In Australia in the late 1990s, former One Nation member Peter Coleman established branches throughout the country. And around 2012, the KKK had attempted to infiltrate other political parties, such as Australia First. It is also reported having recruitment activity in the UK. And in Germany, a KKK-related group, the Knights of the Fiery Cross, was established in the 1920s. After the Nazis took over Germany, the group disbanded and its members joined the Nazis. Another German KKK-related group, the European White Knights of the Ku Klux Klan, organized and gained notoriety in 2012 when the German media reported that two police officers who held membership in the organization could keep their jobs. A Ku Klux Klan group was even established in Fiji in the late 1870s by white American settlers. Ding, ding, ding. Although its operations were quickly put to an end by the British, who, although not officially established as the major authority of Fiji, had played a leading role in establishing a new constitutional monarchy that was being threatened by the activities of the Fijian clan. In Sao Paulo, Brazil, the website of a group called Imperial Clans of Brazil was shut down in 2003, and the group's leader was arrested. Now, growing up in, US, in the U.S. and Indiana, I've always knew that the Klan was too close for comfort, but I was not aware about the reach this shitty group had. And you learn something new every day. Now, after some time, this secret life of McNeil hit Robert's radar. Being an inclusive and upright young man, he made it clear to his brother that he would report what he knew to the school administrators. And this is presumably what set the events of July 15, 2007, into motion. The Sunday began with the elder Rowlingsons at church. Robert was at a rugby match and Anthony was at home. After his match, Robert returned home to work on his car. And as he looked under the hood, Anthony quietly crept up behind him. He brought with him his father's 243 rifle 
he had taken from a gun safe inside the house. He raised the weapon and pulled the trigger. The shot knocked the older brother to the ground. And what happened next is heartbreaking to think about. Anthony stood over his own brother and shot him in the head. The next thing on Anthony's murderous agenda was disposing of the body, his brother's body. He got the family's forklift, using it to place Robert in the trunk of the very car he was working on at the time of his death. He then drove around thinking of a site to dump the body. Upon realizing he might need help, he drove to the only person he could count on, Mr. McNeil. No one else really knows how the conversation between them went, but it ended with the responsible Mr. McNeil packing Anthony in his car and taking him directly to the police. Actually, he didn't. Remember, Grand Poobah of the KKK? This was his opportunity to prove he was really about that life. With that, Anthony and Mr. McNeil dumped Robert Rowlingson, age 19, off a bridge near Clifton. They left his vehicle and Mr. McNeil took the emotionless Anthony home. Now thank goodness he had remembered to cover up evidence of the murder. Before dumping his brother over the bridge, he covered the blood at the house with dirt. And that's good because his mom and dad beat him home and they were looking for Robert. And he told them he didn't know where he was. And the parents weren't too worried at that moment because Robert was a social butterfly. It wasn't odd for him to be out. They just knew that he had planned to be working on his car. So had he changed his mind and decided it could wait? That is the assumption his parents probably went with at the time. Unfortunately, you and I know what happened to Robert. Now his parents got their first inkling that something sinister was afoot. The police had just located Robert's car. There were signs of foul play found at the scene. Sunday, July 15th, has started for this family like any other Sunday. Sadly, after this Sunday, nothing about life would ever be the same. Every murder investigation usually starts the same, working from the inside out. Always begin with the closest person or people to the victim. The police talked to the shocked and grieving parents first. Mr. Rowlingson answered all of their questions and explained that he did not understand who would want to hurt their son. Had his wife, Wendell, answered the question, the response would have been different. She had an idea of who hurt Robert, but she hoped it wasn't true. The police next spoke to Anthony. He claimed that he hadn't seen his brother. And after continuing their investigation by speaking to Robert's friends, they swung back around to Anthony. He was the only person, the only known person, who would want to get rid of his brother. Maybe Robert reminded him of all the things he was not. Maybe he was consumed by jealousy. It's also quite possible that he was just an evil motherfucker. Everyone pointed back to him as the culprit. And when the police talked to him two days later, they came at him from the angle of knowing he was involved in his brother's disappearance and death. 
Anthony found it funny when they attempted to appeal to his love of his parents as a reason to disclose the location of the body. He denied and denied and denied until one time he didn't. That's right. He eventually confessed to brutally murdering his brother. He asked that the police destroy a laptop with evidence of Mr. McNeil's KKK activities. Once they agreed, he told them where he threw Robert over the bridge. Anthony was arrested, leaving his parents reeling. In three days, they had in essence lost both sons. Sadly, they never got a motive for the, the murder. It's been argued that Anthony was attempting to protect Graham McNeil, but evidence existed that proved the plot to kill Robert began before he found out McNeil's secret. The Rowlingsons also found out about Anthony's other murderous plans. Now, Anthony was tried and sentenced to life in prison. He is eligible for parole in 2022. It's kind of funny that life in prison here in the States usually means life, like you are going to die in prison. But in other uh, countries, they have a parole period, and his is coming up here very soon. Well, in 2010, McNeil pleaded guilty to accessory to murder after the fact. He received an eight-year sentence, but was eligible for parole after three years. Now, in 2013, he was released from prison. The town wasn't happy about this, and many were afraid that because of his extreme beliefs, he was still a danger to their community. I think the biggest threat to the community is still in prison. If 2020 doesn't kill us all, he can be out in two years. And what can we learn from this story? Well, I think one of the things, the important things would be the teacher-student relationships. It should always be just a little odd when a teacher spends too much of his own free time with students. Now, I can understand that you have this withdrawn and kind of introverted and misunderstood kid in Anthony, and that you do want him to have some social ties, but it has to stand out as odd when teachers are using a lot of their free times with just certain students. Now, it's also said that Mr. McNeil was one of those teachers who built relationships with lots of students and they had his, uh, his phone number. And if they got into trouble, say they got drunk and needed a ride home, he was the teacher that they would call and he would, with no questions asked, go and help them out of the situation. By no means am I trying to make a hero out of Graham McNeil, but this could possibly be uh, the reason that Anthony felt like it was appropriate to call this teacher. They would know. With these teachers and these students having these types of pretty close relationships outside of school, uh, because of the withdrawn nature of the child, maybe, and maybe it's becoming more and more evident to parents all over the world that, hey, we should possibly get our withdrawn child some help. Uh, psychiatric help may have kept Robert alive because they would have noticed that Anthony had sociopathic 
tendencies. His thoughts were rather dark. And if he was able to talk to someone and share what he was feeling, possibly they could have gotten him a whole hell of a lot of help before things turned into this tragedy. And last but not least, be nosy. I mean, we're parents. As a parent, we have a responsibility to bring our children up in the best environment possible with instilling in them the best ideals that we are that we have access to. When you notice that your child is hanging out in a room with the door closed and just not being open with the family, there is nothing that says that you cannot be nosy. I know a lot of people say, oh, children deserve their privacy. Children who earn their parents' trust deserve their privacy. Meaning that if you feel like something is wrong, like Wendell uh, Rawlingson did, she had a feeling that her younger son killed her older son. If we have these types of feelings, it's okay to act on them. Those kids, they might be mad at you for months after going in their room and finding out what they're up to. But wouldn't you rather have that and have all of your children be at home? You can be mad at me. You can be angry, you know. But um, I'd rather do that and know what you're up to than to have regrets or horrible thoughts when, when your son, when Robert comes up missing, his mom's mind immediately went to her younger son. Dad had no clue, but mamas, sometimes we have that intuition. So, you know, use that intuition. If you think your child is into something that uh, could possibly be dangerous to him or the family, you have an obligation to your family. Uh, the needs of the many outweigh the needs of the few. So the few in this case would have been Anthony and the many would have been the rest of the family and Anthony's friends and all of those students that were part of the hit list that Anthony had uh, put together. So I understand that we, we want to give our children, we want to cut those apron strings and let them be individuals. But um, some kids are socially slow or socially deviant and they need us to uh, protect them and unfortunately to protect the world from them. So if you have any comments, questions, concerns relating to today's story of the Rowlingsons out of Australia, please feel free to email me at tcbytb at gmail.com. You can also find my sources and shit at tcbytb.com. That's my website. I'm on all the things. I'm at uh, tcbytb on Facebook and Twitter and tcbytb underscore sinister on Instagram, although I'm very rarely on Instagram. I also am attempting to do live streams every weekend, Saturdays at 2 p.m. So Saturday, too, if you have nothing to do, you can join me. I'll also be uploading the audio from many of those episodes to uh, the regular feed here. This month, the month of August, 
my theme for our regular podcast feed is uh, siblings. We're going to hear a lot about siblings this month. And um, and on the weekends, we'll, we'll do Sinister Saturdays. So if you guys are interested in all of that, join me there. I've got stickers. If you guys want a sticker, just email me your address and I'll get one or two out to you. I also would like ratings and reviews. I've had several great ratings and reviews here lately, and I appreciate everyone for your five-star reviews. So what are you waiting on? Go ahead on and drop that review. It helps the show raise up in the ranks and be found, and it also makes me feel pretty good when you guys tell me what you think of what we're doing here. If you guys are tired of heavy subjects, and you want to hear me talk about something a little more lighthearted, those Saturday live streams might be for you. But at the same time, I have another podcast, and it's called After the Snap. After the Snap was a concept that I came up with right after uh, Infinity War came up, came out. And if you are a Marvel movie fan, you know exactly what snap I'm talking about. And uh, yeah, I, I carried through from Infinity War to right after Endgame, and then I stop. Well, uh, I feel like I need a little bit more uh, lighthearted and happier topics to talk about so that it doesn't bog me down week after week talking about the underbelly of society. And if you are interested in that kind of thing, you can join me after the snap and those release on Sundays. We're going to be doing a lot of Umbrella Academy stuff, and we will be talking uh, just a lot about sci-fi, fantasy, and comic book movies, because when I'm not murdering murderers here, <laughs> I am involved deeply in the comic book, fantasy, sci-fi community. I love it. So... With all that being said, I appreciate you for joining me for just another episode of Sinister Silhouettes. Stay tuned for all the things that's coming up under Sinister Media. And with that, I'll catch you guys next week. And uh, do me a favor. Stay out of the shadows. Peace. <laughs>